change the way that you talk to people and you will change how you're treated. You'll change your reputation. Opportunities will start to fall into your lap. Hey guys, it's Elena. Welcome back to 20 something. In today's episode, we're going to talk about interpersonal communication. I'm going to share everything that I've learned about communication in the past 22 years from a huge number of books, videos, and classes that I've read, watched, and taken on the subject. This stuff is really important to me. People miss out on opportunities because as children, we are not taught to communicate. There's a lot of conflicting information that we're given. For example, when we're kids, we're told things like, don't talk to strangers, don't talk about money, don't talk about sex, etc. But suddenly when we become adults, actually talking about those things helps us. That constrains our communication skills from the start and people miss out on opportunities as a result of it. The truth is you can talk about any topic without it being taboo as long as you learn how to communicate most effectively in a way that not only makes people like and trust you more, but also helps you get what you want more frequently. It increases the frequency at which you operate professionally. It makes things happen quicker and it can reduce conflict along the way. I mean, the truth is we all live alongside 8 billion other people in the world and as much as especially those who are interested in entrepreneurship and business we love to think that we can just like stay in our tunnel vision in our own little shells and focus on our own projects the truth is sometimes oftentimes actually you have to go through others at some point to get what you want and one of the most valuable skills in this world is being an effective communicator learning how to feel comfortable speaking to others and putting yourself out there and getting your point across as clearly as possible. So it's a skill that you can improve like any other that'll increase your success in the professional world. It'll also help with interacting with colleagues or customers as much as it helps in dating and in our personal lives. I'm gonna start with a few little fun little tricks here and there for in-person communication because these are kind of random and I just wanna get them out of the way and then we'll talk about some things more specific to the professional setting and finally in friendships and relationships. Little tricks for in-person communication. The biggest thing that I've learned over the years is the importance of names, using people's names. Ask their name, remember their name, and use their name when you're speaking to them. Subconsciously, people will like you more if you do this. The sweetest sound in the world to anybody is their own name. We're inherently selfish. We love the sound of our own name, and we actually don't hear it very often because it's not something that you yourself pronounce all the time. Most people use names at the beginning and the end of an interaction. They're good at that. They say, hi, Joe, bye, Joe, but they don't use it throughout. They don't say, you know what I love about you, Joe, before they finish their sentence. So use someone's name throughout the conversation, especially when you're delivering like a particularly important sentence that you want them to listen to. Without even realizing it, they will like you more. The next is to when someone says, how are you? Always be better than good. Always say something enthusiastic like, I'm amazing, I'm incredible, Um, never been better, how are you? Instead of the typical monotonous, like, good, how are you, that people mutter so quickly in passing and then move on to the rest of the conversation, people have a positive psychological response to enthusiasm at the beginning of an interaction. So if you start your interaction with, I'm amazing, how are you? That's so out of the blue just because so everybody else says, good, how are you? By being one notch above everybody else, Again, you set the interaction, you set the conversation off on a high note from the beginning. The next one is eye contact. Keeping eye contact as you're speaking to someone and as you're listening to them, obviously not like 
creepy staring contest type eye contact, but keeping in their line of vision. This is something that I actually need to work on. I've noticed that I make eye contact when I'm listening to someone or when they're asking me a question, but I break it when I'm the one talking. So when I'm responding, I look all over the place. That's something that I'm trying to fix so that I can resonate more with the person I'm talking to, but we're getting there. Also on the topic of listening to someone, the quickest way to make someone like you is to make them feel interested in make them feel like you're they're interesting to you and make them feel listened to how can you do this here's an example when someone's telling you a story most of us have a habit of nodding them along with like "Uh uh-huh 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 yeah throughout the time that they're talking and as much as your intention when you're saying "Uh uh-huh is to communicate that you're listening to the person it actually has a negative effect it makes them feel like you're rushing them along it makes them feel like you want them to finish their sentence as quickly as possible because you're getting ready to talk. The only thing worse you can do obviously than this is to interrupt them. I find that most people, when we're listening to someone else talk, we aren't genuinely listening. We're actually just mentally planning for what we're gonna say next as soon as they're done. Try to fight that instinct. Again, that's a pretty self-centered habit. Instead, treat it like a meditation. Be silent and actually listen to the person. Note their tone of voice. How do you think they're feeling? Keep eye contact with them. Try to listen for whether you think they're seeking advice from you, whether they just want to vent. When they're done the story and you undoubtedly know when somebody's done talking, they're completely silent for at least a couple of seconds. They're looking at you, waiting for you to respond. Then you can talk. But throughout the time that they're talking, don't nod them along. Don't rush them. Don't pepper in uh ahas everywhere throughout the conversation. A last one that I think is important, this doesn't exactly have to do with interpersonal communication, but it's a trick for feeling more comfortable or looking like more of an extrovert than you actually are in social settings. And it's to get comfortable with platonic touch with everyone around you in a social situation. Platonic touch conveys that you are a warm and a confident person. Platonic touch, obviously like nothing creepy. And the other thing to note with this is that you have to, for this to be effective, you have to do it with everybody. So you cannot just single out one or two people who you like and be more physical with them than the rest of the people. That's going to look creepy. But if you look at the most confident people, if you look at social butterflies in any kind of setting, they're extremely comfortable with their surroundings. They take up a lot of space and they're not scared to touch someone on the shoulder as they're trying to get their attention. Or if they... If everybody's laughing, as they laugh, they like grab onto the person's wrist next to them. Get comfortable with that kind of platonic touch and it'll convey that you are a social person, that you're warm and that you're not insecure and trying to hide in the room, if that makes sense. Moving on to written communication, text messages, email, letters. Something that was hammered into our brands in business school is top-down communication. By top down, it means start with the conclusion. So start with the main point you want to get across. This is the opposite of what most people do. Most people start with the entire background story about how they reached X conclusion or how they learned whatever. You want to do the opposite. Start with the main point, especially in written communication, important text messages, emails. Use as little words as possible to convey your point and start with the end goal, the end result of what you found out. Don't waste the other person's time. Never use two words when one will do. If you can say something in five words, why are you taking up 10 words to say it just because you feel like you added in some sophisticated adjectives? Every word in your sentence should serve a specific purpose. If it does not, cut it. That's a good test, actually. If you're rereading a text or an email, 
if you can cut a word and the sentence still makes sense, still gets the same point across, cut it. You want to be as concise as possible in business communication, whether it's a text or a memo or an email. Actually, the same applies for even a presentation. If you're delivering something out loud to a group of people, start with the conclusion. Start with the main point about what you have found. Cut the fluffy backstory. Cut all the Shakespearean poetry and make it as concise as possible. Training yourself to make that change in professional communication will make such a huge difference in how seriously people take you. If you want to make things happen in business, you need to be quick. You need to get to the point. It's not high school English class anymore. Maybe in grade 12 English, you got bonus points for using long, beautiful sentences and Shakespearean poetry. In the real world, in business, it's not like that. You have to be as concise as possible. This is something our teachers grilled us on in business school. And I've actually like have really come to appreciate it over the past couple of years. People always joke about how like when you're in your 20s or 30s, younger professionals will spend like 45 minutes crafting the perfect cordial email with perfect punctuation and exclamation points, like the whole orchestra. And then whoever you're writing to that you're trying to impress, whether it's a senior partner or a prof, will respond back like, okay, sent for my iPhone. We joke about that, but it's so true. It seems that the more experience someone gets in their career, it, like more experience in business seems to translate into a higher value placed on cutting the crap and getting to the point. Obviously, I personally don't have that experience by any means. I'm still 22. I haven't even, I've barely even started my career, but it's something that I've noticed is that the, the higher someone is in the professional ranks, the shorter they write, the less punctuation they use. They just don't have time anymore. Train yourself to write like that. Just be very precise to the point this will help you because if you want to get a quick response from somebody, you need to be concise in your ask. Even personally so far, I found that it's true. Like if I get a long and fluffy message from someone over text or email, I don't even want to respond to the long email because I know that they're going to write back again with just as long of a reply. That's again going to waste my time. I love people who get straight to the point. Like the shorter a text message is, the faster I am likely to respond. The third little trick that I've used a tactic called numbering. Use numbering in your language. Speak especially in threes. So the best way to explain this is an example. Let's say someone asks you, um, are you sure that this is the best way to do this? Instead of rambling on and saying, well, yeah, I think it's the best way because it's going to increase revenue by the greatest amount. And then also if we do this, we're going to have lower costs. And I also think it's going to not take as long and it's going to be easier because X, Y, Z. If you're rambling, you seem less organized in your answer. Compare that to an alternate scenario. And this is something obviously that I've learned from consulting. Consultants are trained to do this and speak in threes, maybe a little bit too much. But if someone says, are you sure this is the best way to do this? You can say, yes, and there are three reasons for this. A, B, C. You, in the second scenario, you really sound like you know your shit. So it makes you sound more comprehensive instead of like you're brainstorming reasons on the spot. Numbering also gives the person who you're speaking with cues that help them follow what you're saying. As soon as you've said that, they know that you're about to list three reasons. So they're more likely to follow you, to understand them, and then to remember them after the interaction. A fourth hack Human beings focus on what's urgent, not what's unimportant. As much as it's a flaw, that's the instinct, is we respond more quickly to things that are urgent, not necessarily the ones that are the most significant or the most important. Um, sometimes it's not even by choice, but this is how it works. Use that to your advantage. Use that inherent flaw in human psychology to your advantage by making any kind of requests that you make urgent as well as important. Yeah, they have to be important for someone to respond to it, but 
add that element of urgency and you're more likely to get a response. Give someone, the person who you're speaking with a deadline, be like, I need to know X by this date. And that sense of urgency is, makes it more likely that people will respond to your requests. When it comes to your closer relationships, personal relationships like friendships, romantic relationships, one thing I've started doing, it probably in the past year, and I forget who I learned this from, but with my, they come to me and say, hey, I need to talk to you about something or I need to, I need to rant or you won't believe what just happened. I stop them before they start on their long rant and I specify, do you want me to give you advice? Do you want me to help fix the situation? Or do you just need to vent and you want me to listen? It's important to differentiate between the two of those. When somebody comes to you with a problem, they want one of those two things. Either they want to hear what you think, they want advice because they're looking for ways to fix the situation. A lot of the time, however, the person doesn't want you to try to fix it. They just want to tell you what happened and vent and let their feelings out and they'll feel better afterwards. But it's important to make the difference between those two things. Especially between men and women, a lot of disagreements happen because a man's, the male instinct is to solve problems, while women simply want to vent, and venting itself helps them feel better at the pro- about the problem. So when a woman starts venting about her problems, the man offers a solution, and then she gets hurt because she feels that he's not being empathetic, even though he was just trying to help, because the male instinct is, why would someone come to me to complain about a problem unless they're coming to me for a solution? Stop your friends before they start talking again, girl or guy, like that, that happens to be a, a pattern, but this can apply to anybody. Stop them before they start talking and say, hey, do you want me to give you advice or do you just need to vent? And then you actually know what they're trying to get out of the communication. Another one, this is a, a hard rule that I stick to is I refuse to get into arguments over text ever. If you feel something escalating, call the person and have a quick conversation to sort it out. Never in- entertain an argument with somebody over text. Because text, written communication is like one of the lowest possible forms of communication that you can unlock. One notch above that is like over a phone call or a FaceTime. And one level, the highest is in person because you can actually get the full sense of the person's tone, facial expressions, body language, how mad are they or how relaxed are they about the situation. Over text, we blow things that people say out of proportion. We misunderstand people. We don't have any kind of sense of how serious the situation actually is. And when you're arguing back and forth over text, you're not actually really reading or paying attention to what the other person is responding to. You're so focused on crafting your perfect little paragraph that you want to send to them to prove them why they're wrong. It's like two one-sided conversations happening at at the same time. I don't know why people love to entertain arguments over text so much, but I just don't respond. If somebody has an issue, I want to talk to them about it in person or if it's urgent over the phone, never over text. This will make your relationships so much better another thing i've noticed if someone angers you our instinct is to be petty to tell them why they're wrong even if they are wrong i promise you that's never going to help you telling someone why they're wrong proving them wrong will not make anybody like you more even if you're right they are going to start to resent you instead i have picked up on ways that you can still communicate your standards to someone still make them respect you more but without having to insult them or attack them they'll start to feel bad immediately on their own. I'll give you an example. One of my biggest pet peeves is when somebody flakes on plans last minute. It's so annoying because it messes up your entire day after you set aside like a morning or an afternoon for an activity that's now not happening and you could have spent that time doing something else. Instead of getting pissed at the person, let's say a friend flakes on you last minute. Instead of getting pissed at the person, say something like, 
it's okay, I won't go without you. Next time, just let me know in advance so I can plan my day. Or I forgive you, next time, let me know in advance so I can plan my day. You, in that sentence, the second half of the sentence, you're still setting your standard. You say, hey, next time, let me know in advance so I can plan my day. You communicate that you have other shit going on, your life doesn't revolve around them, They need to give you more notice next time so that you can make alternative plans. But the first part of the sentence, it's okay, I won't go without you, or that I forgive you, you're still being sweet. You're not insulting them, you're not attacking them, you're still being sweet in a way that immediately, what's the word, softens them, it immediately neutralizes them. This has to do with something called bliss point communication. The bliss point is the, um, I forget who I, again, I heard this in a podcast, I forget who it's from, it might have been Matthew Hussey. The bliss point is the optimal level of salty and sweet that leaves somebody wanting more. Two things. First, they see that you have standards and that you value your time. That's the salty. You're kind of firm in what your standards are. But two, you were also sweet. You didn't get mad at them. You said, I forgive you or I won't go without you when they were inconsiderate. And you'll often find that they'll feel bad without you having to yell at them. In this scenario, using this kind of communication will not necessarily make the person follow through on your plans that day or that week but they will respect you more in the future and they probably aren't going to flake on plans so at the end of the day you got what you wanted the last trick in a social setting or when meeting somebody for the first time that i've learned is to pay attention to frame rather than responding to people's energy take control of the frame of the situation the frame sometimes is like the emotion or the tone of voice if somebody gets worked up don't follow them in getting worked up because then you're allowing them to control the frame. You're following their tone. Instead, if somebody starts getting worked up, remain calm. Actually start speaking even slower. Again, if somebody asks you to do something rushed or immediately or orders you around, act slowly. Contrast their tone and you will control, maintain control of the frame. Another thing I've learned is to end every sentence with downward inflection conveys more confidence. If you end sentences with upward inflection, it kind of sounds like you're trying to impress the person across the table from you. The same applies to like, let's say somebody is trying to tease you or make fun of you. Don't feel the need to defend yourself. If somebody pokes fun at you and you defend yourself, you let them control the frame. You're following how they're guiding the conversation. Instead, go along with them or make a joke back and you show that you have control over your emotions and over the frame of the social situation. A bonus, a couple little things that I try to remind myself for confidence in communication. There's a quote I love that says, impeccable speech means not talking down on yourself, not gossiping or spreading rumors and not being sarcastic. So I try to avoid those three things to keep a high standard of speech. Physically, own the space around you. I talked about this earlier, the most confident people, the social butterflies in any kind of social setting are extremely comfortable with their physical surroundings. Don't be afraid to take up space when you laugh. Don't like hunch over and cover your mouth like you're trying to take up as little space as possible. That conveys insecurity. Instead, put your arms out on the table, on the chair. Just be more comfortable with your physical surroundings. Don't be afraid to take up space and you subconsciously come across as more confident. Compliment others. Don't be afraid to compliment others and tell it how it is. Only insecure people think that bringing others up puts them down. The opposite is true. Putting other people down makes you seem insecure about yourself. But bringing others up, especially when you notice something truly beautiful about someone or something really amazing someone has done, a great job they have done, don't be afraid to point it out. 
the caveat here is that I find subtle flattery is better than overt flattery. Overt flattery can seem a little bit much like you're trying too hard. The last here is to convey confidence by being a social leader. As an example, let's say you're at a networking session or you're at a party and there's someone who's been kind of quiet, hasn't talked much. Call on them to speak up in the conversation. Bring them into the conversation. By doing that, you're still the one leading the conversation. You're being assertive because you're bringing them into it, but you're not keeping the spotlight on yourself the whole time. You're bringing the person who's maybe an introvert or is a little bit quieter. You're bringing them into the conversation. It shows that you are fair and perceptive and not afraid. You're so secure in yourself that you're not afraid to bring others up. There are so many books, literally hundreds of books out there on interpersonal communication, on negotiation, on relationships, on business communication that you can learn more from. I know I have a huge list in my notes app of ones that I still want to read. As much as I feel like I've read a ton on this topic, I've only scratched the surface. There are a few that really stood out that I remember lessons from and would recommend. The first is The Art of Seduction. Most people tend to relate the word seduction to sex and relationships, like seducing someone in the bedroom. That's not at all what this book is about. The entire point is that everything in life is a seduction. Trying to sell yourself in any situation, trying to get a job, trying to make a sale in business, trying to make a new friend can be framed in terms of a seduction. So it teaches you essentially how to make people like you more and be more attractive to people around you. And attractive can mean attracting customers, attracting business partners, attracting investors, attracting friends, all of the above. So that one was really interesting. I actually want to read it again. The second I'd recommend is The 48 Laws of Power. This one is by Robert Greene. The 48 Laws of Power I've spoken about before. It's true that this book is a little bit dark because it it's written in a way that it assumes that every single human being's end goal is to gain as much power in the world as possible and manipulate other people. You don't have to agree with everything the book says, but it does have some really interesting examples and explanations of the dynamics between two people in any given interaction using examples in history. So I would recommend that most people read it. The third book I'd recommend is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I've put so many friends on this book. It's really amazing. It was written decades ago and it's still just as relevant today. The two main things I retained from this book were the lesson on using people's names. I 100% got from that book and it has stuck with me ever since. And the second is to always frame and ask in terms of the other person's interests. At the end of the day, people are naturally selfish. They're more likely to respond or be interested in what you have to say if you frame it in terms of what they get out of the situation or why they should care. Hey guys, I'm editing. Just wanted to pop in and ask if you could please rate and review 20-something on Apple Podcasts. I do not do sponsors on the pod and I would like to keep it that way. The only thing that I ask of you is that you leave a review on the pod. If you don't know what to say, just tell me what your favorite episode is. And if you know someone who you think would find value out of these episodes, send it to them. Send it to your best friend, send it to your mom. Ratings, reviews, and referrals are the main things that help podcasts grow on platforms like this. It would be a huge help to help me reach more people. I'm also actively looking for more guests to have on. So if you or anyone you know would be interested in coming on and have something they're an expert about that they can talk about, you can find my email in the show notes. Just send me a quick message and I'd love to chat with you there.